0: <laughs>
1: that's a true story.
0: Uh yeah, that's well a, that's, that's a true story. You you made a grievous tactical error being that deep in a night with Chris. That is that's on you.
1: This was uh remember back in uh Mason's yeah, you know, Mason would always do his holiday parties. Let's just say I I played bartender for morales and i just kept going back to the bar chris what do you need chris you need another one Grab another one chris doesn't know how to say no he doesn't know how to say no
0: no it's not one of his ba- it's not one of his more frequently used vocabulary words that's not that's not one that's why chris and i get along as yeah, well as we there you do go. chris and i have been doing this in one form or another for the better part of 20 years mm-hmm. and that's because neither one of us really are the, the phrase you know what i think i'm good Doesn't really come out of our mouths. Every every uh, time, every time,
1: Chris, by the way, they were about to kind of close the bar, too. And I'm like, it's for my guy, Chris, just a couple more before you guys leave. They're like, sure, Chris. Like, yeah, I'll I'll take them. Okay, so Take there's a couple
0: months. there's a couple of things going on in uh, on Twitter right now. Everyone's a little put off by the fact you put ketchup on your hot dogs. We're just going to leave that there. We'll we'll readdress that. No, I, I definitely uh,
1: put definitely put ketchup on the hot dogs. That's
0: a bad answer, but I'm I just don't have it in me to 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 work through that right now. And then uh, Steve wants to know if you grew up in a convent. I don't think you did. You, you didn't, right? I did not.
1: No, I did not. <laughs> but it's a it's a great question. Great question. <laughs>
0: All right, so we talked a little bit about it last night. Uh, the NHL is coming back to ESPN, and whether you're a hockey person or not, you know, I, I, here, here's one thing you're never going to see me do, Slee. Mm-hmm. This, this, is, this isn't quite an Ask Travis, but this is a little info. I am not a sports uh Jihadist, where I have to convince you that I'm right or else, right? That, that if you like soccer, cool. Not really my cup of tea, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I like college baseball. It's not for everybody else. If you go, oh, it sucks. I hate metal bats and the games take too long. All right, fine. I'll, I'll go. I'm not gonna. So I'm not going to try to convince people of these things. Um, so if you don't like hockey, that's fine. I do. And we, we can leave it at that. But those dudes are animals. They are just absolutely crazy because you will see guys – Take a puck to the face, hmm. and 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 literally have the the you you've held a hockey puck in your hand right? Yeah, it's galvanized rubber and it's got on on the ext on the, the the edge right, not on the, the 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 big flat parts on the edge around the side. Like think of it like tread on a tire.
1: Bro, they're walking it's, on swords.
0: Right, but okay. the puck itself has like a grit to it on mm-hmm. the side. So if you catch that thing in the face, oh. it's basically like a saw. And it's going to tear your lips off. Yeah, I've seen it, and it's a bad look. I, I've I,
1: caught, I've caught a basketball to the face. I was out three to six weeks. Okay, I don't, <laughs> don't want to know what the hell would happen with a puck.
0: No. So what they do is they go back into the locker room and they sew the guy's lip back on, and then he misses sure. a shift or two, and then yeah. he's back out there again. Absolutely. Which brings us to the question: Are hockey players the toughest guys in professional sports? And I want a quick little caveat here: mm-hmm. We're excluding boxers and MMA guys and guys that fight for a living because mm-hmm. they're in a different category in and of themselves. So are hockey players the toughest guys in Well, pro first sports? of
1: all, you said in the break that you would fight any MMA fighter in Southern <laughs> California. You said that to me, and you said you don't think – you think it's all a show? That's oh, what you dude, mentioned to me.
0: Did you see? There's a video that was going around. One of my sons showed me. That's crazy. So it's in a men's room somewhere, right? That's and already there.
1: I could already imagine what's happening. So
0: there's an argument, okay. between, and I think one of these guys was an Oklahoma football player, kind of big, mm-hmm. tall, mm-hmm. and and he's he's like getting all. You know, rooster is coming you know, out, yeah, cock yeah, of the yeah. walk yep. on this guy, like, yep. hey, bro, and all all this stuff, and he's like threatening this guy, and this other guy's a lot smaller than he is. Is he
1: calm, cool, and collective? Very. That's 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 not a good sign right there. <laughs> okay, because if you don't know what you're doing you're starting to panic a little bit right like you're starting to kind of think in your head all right i gotta act a little crazy here to make up for it
0: why is he not scared yeah is is and so he and his buddy are standing there like man just leave us alone Mm -hmm. just come on man just leave us alone you don't just please leave Mm -hmm. us alone they're very very calm and the one guy looks at his buddy and they kind of shrug their shoulders like we're gonna do this the next thing you know these two other bigger guys are on their backs getting choked out on the men's room floor and and just getting it handed to them. So you need to be very careful about me stop calling out MMA fighters about me wanting to pick fight I I, I don't pick fights with anybody that's not my deal but I really don't want to pick a fight with one of those MMA guys that is not my jam Trav I
1: would be the guy that's calm cool and collective but then I would be in the chokehold okay (laughs) two minutes later uh, nothing worked out as planned I'm with you I'm not a I'm one to I'm trying to negotiate that there's no fight before there actually is one
0: you go ahead and use it first I'm fine I'll wait my turn that's fine it's cool I don't, I don't, Let me buy a, you some gum. Let I, me buy you some
1: gum, and I, I'm going to give a tip I, for you to use some cologne. I got it. I, got I really
0: it. don't want to end up on the men's room floor. Yeah, that seems happening. like a bad that's a bad ending to uh what probably was started off as a pretty fun night. Anybody tougher than a hockey player? Because I got a couple.
1: Okay, so have you watched just occasionally you'll have it on. Fox will have it on, something like that. You ever watch these dudes, these uh rugby players?
0: Yeah, those guys are crazy. Bro,
1: that's no joke. I mean rugby is really, really um it's it's gotta be one of the toughest sports out there. And you got like this appreciation for what they do and how they do it, how hard they hit each other. So I would say rugby is uh rugby is definitely on that list.
0: That's that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. I, I've got one. This is this has been my go to answer for this uh for a long time. Those professional bull rider dudes. Oh, yeah.
1: That's no joke.
0: <laughs> First of all, they have to wear bulletproof vests to do First it. First
1: of all, they have to get on a bull. Okay?
0: Just, <laughs> oh, yeah, bulls are big.
1: Just think about that. Like, that's <laughs> the sport. The sport is we're going to go ride a freaking bull that's going to go absolute ape, you know what?
0: So- so uh, Matt, you've seen the the little I don't know forgive forgive me all of the bull riding fans in the audience don't don't at me yeah. when I get this this technology or the uh, terminology I should say wrong mm-hmm. but the little pen that they that yep. they try to ride him in right mm-hmm. the corral or whatever whatever the heck it's called um, if I said to you okay the bull is right over here you're on the farthest end of the corral um, we're gonna open the gate but all you have to do is to hop over the fence real fast would mm-hmm. you do that? You're like the bull, the bull cannot get you. But would you be in the pen when they swing the gate open? When
1: we're having the conversation, uh, two weeks before the event is going to happen, I'd be telling you right then, I'm not going. Uh, thank you for asking. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, I've been to, uh, I've been to, I've been to Spain when I was in college. I went to Pamplona. Did you run with them? I did not run with the bulls. Oh. I did not run with the bulls. Okay. Why not? Um, Coward. It was the <laughs> yes, yes. I'm gonna. I'm ready for a lot of excuses. Okay. It was me and a buddy of mine. It was the start of our trip, and and I didn't even know what the hell was going on. He's the one that was like, hey, we're going to Pamplona. I didn't even really understand this whole running of the bulls, whatever the case is. Really, really cool. I mean, I, one of the coolest events you could possibly go to. Bro, there are bulls running down. I mean, bulls. <laughs> Let me just go back to this, all right? Yeah. Running down this, just these alleyways. And if you're not going to get hit by a bull, you may get trampled by, you know, just everybody else running for their lives. I did not do it. Okay, <laughs> let's just let me make it very simple. I was on the other side of the fence. Even being on the other side of the fence, Trav, and you see these things running by you, I'm like, what the hell they're, is going on here? They're
0: pretty fast. So now, okay, so you and I aren't running with the bulls. We're not even standing in the pen. Now the next question is, I need you to put on a bulletproof vest. And I need you to sit on the back of this thing, and right before you uh, are ready to go, we're going to tie a rope around that bull's um, stuff, mm-hmm. and we're going to yank it really hard so it goes wild, and it's going to think you did it. You ready? Ready, set, and then they yank it, and now you're off to the races. They get stomped. They get gored. They get concussed, broken bones. NHL guys are tough. NBA or NFL guys are tough. There is nobody that's tougher slash crazier than one of those dudes that gets on the back of a bull.
1: You know what I thought would be also incredibly tough? I never played it. Water polo looks like that would be incredibly tough to play.
0: It's legalized drowning. <laughs> you, can, you can try to drown your opponent you know, every, and you get every, to wear that weird wrestling helmet in the pool.
1: Every once in a while, okay, this is back before COVID. Uh, the gym I go to has a, uh, has a pool. And I don't know, every time you kind of get it in your head, you're like, Al, you know what? Why don't you do something different? You know, Dr. Clapper always says you should swim, you know, things like that, right? And I, I usually go, I play basketball, and that's, that's my night. So every once in a while, you kind of motivate yourself Is I'm going to start swimming. You know, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start swimming. I see people, that guy's 60, 61 years old. He's in there swimming, right? <laughs> this guy's 54. I, I'm getting in there. I, I'm going to go swimming. No joke, two laps in. I'm what? holding the thing in the middle. Like I'm, you know, the, the lane, divide. lane markers, Yeah, the lane. They just divide the lane. I'm holding it. I'm the only one holding it. And people look at me like, "What is this? Guy? What is this guy doing?" I'm like, "I'm either I hold on to this thing, or I'm going down."
0: We should get you some of those things you could put around your arms. Floaty. Like get a couple yeah, floaties, floaties. <laughs> are a, a pool noodle that you could ride like a like a horse. Up, up now. Swimming
1: on the its plane. own is no joke. Imagine it being a sport of water polo.
0: So, doctor, that's Dr. a tough Cla- one too. <laughs> it is. Doctor Clapper uh, didn't tell me to swim. I did go to see him for. He said, you know, maybe Biking? ride a bike. And yeah, yeah, yeah ride bike. bike. That was. I went to see um, someone else for my knee. I was training for a Ragnar. Do you know what that is? No. What is that? So it's like a, it's like a relay race that you do. It starts in Huntington, it ends in San Diego, and mm. there's twelve man teams, and everybody runs like five, six mile legs, and you take turns until you get there, and then you drink a bunch of so beer. So how,
1: how many of those do you have to run? You three. Personally. you
0: three 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 legs. My legs were. I had an eight mile leg, a three mile leg, and a nine mile leg. Wow. So it's it's a lot of running. And so I was training to get ready so I wouldn't have a heart attack yeah. while I was doing it, and my hip started to bother me. So I go to the, the orthopedist, and he said, hey, what's what's going on? I said, well, my hips bother me. He said, okay, well, what have you been doing? I said, well, I've been running quite a bit. He goes, well, how much have you been running? I said, I don't know. I'm running like 15, 18 miles a, a week? week just yeah. to, to to try to, to try to get ready for this. He goes, let me ask you something. Yeah? What? What? you see a lot of guys out there running that look like you uh no yeah you ever think why so
1: motivational yeah Uh
0: you you ever think why um no he goes yeah it's it's not for you you need to find something else to do this is not not, swim get on a bike go do that you you are not sit on a couch uh
1: (laughs) don't move watch a game from a seat Uh, what what kind of a motivational chat is that i I
0: don't think he was trying to motivate me i think he was trying to prevent me from getting a hip replacement at 40 years old
1: why didn't he tell you hey you know what drop some lbs and then you're on your way
0: oh oh you think i haven't gotten that before (laughs) hey doc my uh my back yeah and doc listen before you even start i know I know. I'm I'm
1: I, I'm having five I, meals a day. That's I, not changing. I, I, okay. I need
0: to lose weight and I need to exercise more. Until then, can I have some drugs and surgery? <laughs> can we just can we just cut to the Let's drugs speed and the surgery process. part Let's of speed this? Speed up the process here. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. have all day. I'll, 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 I'll start eating better later. Until then, can you inject that stuff into my spinal cord to make me feel better? Can we do that?
1: All right. How about the uh, how about the sports easiest sports? So you said the toughest sports. How about the easiest. Hmm. Um, baseball looks like they're chilling.
0: Yeah. Looks like they're hanging out. Baseball players are probably not known for their toughness. If you
1: you get a chance while the game is going on to just be spitting some seeds.
0: Have a chew. All right. They used to smoke in the dugout. Chewing,
1: (laughs) chewing bubble gum and, and getting a bubble. And while the dude's not looking, putting on the top of his hat, like when you could do things like that, compare that to rugby or the bull riding that you were just talking about (laughs) a little bit different.
0: I'll never forget that you. Uh, you're a San Diego guy, so you might remember. The, remember the outfielder for the Dodgers named Mike Marshall. He was actually a pretty good player, but he's hurt mm-hmm. all the time. And, and I, I remember being at the Dodger game, and he got removed from a game, and the announcement came: Mike Marshall has come out of the game due to general soreness. Like, what the hell? You—that's a thing. Like, not he broke his leg or he's dislocated his shoulder. General soreness. All right, how about Meanwhile, golf? Got, golf too. Yeah, well, it, I'm not you know.
1: saying it's an easy sport, but you're no, kind of chilling. It's,
0: it's not for tough guys. The the one thing that's hard in golf is to carry the bag and they have someone else do it. <laughs> the, yeah, a, um, that's right. How a, great is uh, that? Stevie or Fluff or Bones or whatever. They all got cool nicknames. Gypsy. They've got they've got cool names like that. A uh, Scooter or Flyboy or whatever they're called. Uh, make sure one end of that towel is wet, one end of the towel is dry, and uh, <laughs> make sure I have enough granola bars at the turn. And I love golf. That's but literally that's the job. What it is. That's
1: literally the job. By the way, so you got bowling, you got golf. I think baseball. I think those are probably the three that you're chilling. Yeah,
0: the, yeah. Because the yeah, I, you know, I want. I was gonna say tennis, but tennis is hard. Oh, tennis, a lot of a lot yeah, of back and forth. Tennis is hard on the joint. Yeah, it's. They're, they're bull riding's on its own level. Yeah. Any yeah, other any no, other no one's that, that we're forgetting? Other than you challenging the MMA guy to fights? <laughs> Not <laughs> the softies.
1: You know, it's another tough one. Another <laughs> tough one. How about gymnastics? You ever see gymnastics? I'm like, what the hell is going on here?
0: <laughs> well, see, this is where I could get in trouble. The thing about gymnastic gymnasts, they're all like five three, which is which is just kind of like okay. And then you'll just see one of these guys do a flat footed backflip. It's like, yeah, I can't do that. It's just crazy.
1: I can't. I'm trying to I'm trying if you said Alan, hey, just do a somersault real quick. Just do a quick somersault, okay? I'm going off on the side, all right? I'm hitting the wall. Are you I mean, talking
0: somersault or are you talking cartwheel?
1: No, I'm talking about somersault.
0: <laughs> just to just hit, tuck your head yes, and roll forward. Just tuck
1: your head. First of all, my, first of all, my head wouldn't tuck properly. I'd probably <laughs> injure my vertebrae, okay? So it's not a, that's not a good thing. I, I got respect for them.
0: I'm not even kidding you. If I attempted a cartwheel or a somersault, I would end up in the hospital. And that that's Do me a uh, favor,
1: for next show for next show, (laughs) put your phone in the corner and just show us your cartwheel.
0: Okay, before we move on to the next thing, I'm just gonna say this is the point of my life that I've not no more Ragnar's or anything else. I'm the guy now that when I walk downstairs from my bedroom to go downstairs, (laughs) I firmly grasp the handrail. That's 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 the point <laughs> of my life that I'm at where I am go, not. Right.
1: You have, do you go left foot first and then right foot's got to get on the same stair? And then left- uh,
0: let's, let's just put it to you this way: when I'm going down, my right hand is firmly gripped on that railing because the odds of me going down are not zero. This is great. It is not zero. Oh, it's great. All right, so I put up a Twitter poll um, earlier this morning. The Lakers have those new uniforms, the earned edition sleeve. Mm-hmm. Where does that fall in the favorite Laker uniforms? That's coming up next. Travis and Sliwa, 710 ESPN. All right, Slee. So uh, we've gotten one that this guy says he's played hockey. He's a trained MMA guy, but he's not interested in that because he just wants to eat tacos with us. And, oh, by the way, bull riding guy is bleeping nuts. Yeah, even the the fighters and the hockey players know that the bull riding guy is not a guy that's next around. level.
1: Yeah, that is next level right there. That is by, a bad by deal. By the way, did you hear uh, LBJ uh, chatted a couple hours ago? Yeah, talking a little bit about the second half of the season for lakes. I know you want to get into their jerseys, yeah. but Hit let me, me play this real quick. LBJ on how he's uh, ramping up his body for the second half of the season.
2: Obviously, this year has been you know, totally different. It's been like no other year that we've seen uh, before. Well, obviously, with the shortened season and things of that nature. So, um, but you know, you know that first half of the season, I, I wanted to try to get my legs back up underneath me get my wind going, get my rhythm going. And uh, now that I have that, um, you know, now I, I know I can just, you know, you know, give it a little bit more, you know, push it a little bit more. You know, um, you know, you start, you know, I kind of use the first half of the season as being in, like, gear one, two, and three. And then, uh, you know, in, in the second half, being in more like four, five, six. And then when the playoffs started, you went seven. You know, and uh, you know, and that's uh, that's kind of the way I've always kind of, you know, judged it over the last few years of my career on just ramping up more and more and more as the months go on and as the games go on going t- going uh, you know into the playoffs.
0: I don't know what kind of car LeBron drives but it apparently has 7 gears. That's pretty impressive.
1: Dude's ramping up. Dude's <laughs> ramping up. By the way, you know that that is going to be kind of a a fun part of the second half of the season. It's so much different than last year. Um Lakers were obviously chasing an NBA championship in my opinion they were looking for that number one seed. they wanted that number one seed. strategy is so much different this year Trav I mean mm-hmm. you got that championship it's under your belt there's no pressure of um you know can LeBron win a chip with the Lakers Anthony Davis never won a chip and here we are third best record in the Western Conference a lot of teams kind of all around each other Utah the Clippers we see what Brooklyn's doing yeah this is going to be a great second half of the season for the nba and lbj doing it for 18 years uh let, let's just let's just say it sounds like he's ready
0: well for sure and what's you know there the, the the list of things that are extraordinary about lebron is endless almost but hearing what he just said right there is really interesting that you know i i he he's figured out how to do this he's been in the league this is his 18th season and this idea that he's pacing himself i i mean If you watch it every night, you can see that there are some nights where he's a little bit more aggressive than others, but it's not blatant. It's not like when he's saying, okay, I'm in first, second, third gear, that he's James Harden eating his way out of Houston. He's still LeBron James and taking over games on a nightly basis. It's just that he can find a way to go to that next level that other guys can't get to. Most mortals have to play at at the razor's edge of out of control just to survive in that league, and he can kind of throttle back and throttle forward depending on how much he needs to push.
1: Well, it also shows you that you know. Look at these first 37 games for the Lakers. I think that's what they play. 37 games. Um, it, it, we kept saying this in the first half of the season. It, it's only January. It's only February. These guys got to pace themselves. It's the shortest offseason that the Lake, that any NBA team has ever had from winning an NBA championship and a new season starting. So, especially this year, there is that pacing. And by the way, still just in March, and even when we get into April. Um, it's going to be. It's not like he's going to come out tomorrow against the Pacers and play the hardest that he's ever played all season. I mean, it's still going to be a ramp up till we get to the postseason.
0: Yeah, it, as as it should be. Yeah, like the Le- LeBron James is about winning championships. About maybe winning an MVP this year, and that means that he needs to be ready when it matters the most. And you know, I, I think you're going to see a little bit different on Friday night because he's just a little bit fresher. Set and, the tone too. Yeah, and set the, because the the first handful of games out of the break are not terribly daunting, but after that first week or so, it gets really challenging mm-hmm. really quickly, and that's when he's going to have to go to that level. You think he wins?
1: Okay, let me put it this way: You think he cares to win MVP this year?
0: 100 yeah, percent Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm I, he you. The, the quote at the All-Star game, Slee, I thought he, he – he, he, what he said And I was, don't
1: blame him either. The freaking no. guy hasn't won for seven years.
0: Well, it, look, he Which knows he's joke. the best player. Everybody mm-hmm. that's paying attention knows he's the best player. But it's got, it would still be bothersome to see other guys get it when you're like, well, I know that guy's not as important as I am. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a human being. But he said at the, at the All-Star break, the press conference, he goes, look, my job is to get my team ready to go and be the MVP for my team every single night. Mm-hmm. That – The the one thing we all know for sure, LeBron does not just throw words around because it's the first thing that popped into his head. He is an incredibly tactical speaker. He thinks about everything he Mm -hmm. says. And if he says, I need to be the MVP for my team every night, that's him saying, I am the MVP of this team. I'm the MVP of the whole league. Mm -hmm. He started to hint at it last year with Giannis, where you could tell it bothered him. Not that he doesn't like Giannis or think Giannis is great, but you could tell it's like, yeah, I'm better than he is. I, I bring more to my team than he does. I should be getting these things. I yeah, I would want it if I were him, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I, I think at this stage of his career and what he's doing and the numbers that he's putting up, um, I think it, it is kind of personal for him. Not to say that he can't get back to the NBA Finals and win another Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. It just seems like... The most valuable player at this age, and he's in his 18th year. I I do feel like it's important, and and you know we talked about this quickly yesterday, that Joel Embiid has now surpassed him, yeah. for the favorite to win MVP. He may very well win it. Um, yeah, I I think, I think what LeBron is going to need in the second half of the season, he's going to need a healthy Anthony Davis to play alongside him, because then he's going to stack up wins, and stacking up wins will help make the argument that. If Joel Embiid ends up four or five games in front of the Lakers, standings wise, they might give him the edge. But so that, that's going to come into play as well.
0: Yeah, he he's going to want it. Why not? Did you uh, did you see the new uh, earned jerseys? I did, and
1: they're okay. They're okay. Um, that's
0: never a good sign.
1: Uh, and they're okay. You know, I yeah. I think. Uh, by the way, I I get it. I mean, so many of these new jerseys that come out, and there's a reason for it, and players will get different numbers it, it's all just another revenue stream right they want sure. people to change their jersey up i always for me that showtime era i mean that those those classic the classic, short shorts?
0: the short <laughs> the one cost Michael half Cooper the price. And magic were like whoa hey cost half it the easy, price fellas.
1: but i i loved i love those classic golds you know those yeah. those classic jerseys i i bought a uh I bought a Magic jersey, probably I don't know seven, eight years ago, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I remember wearing it. I went to a Lakers-Celtics game in Boston, Ooh, and bold. I wore the I wore the road, um, purple. The yeah, exactly the purple Magic jersey. I mean, imagine that thing standing out at uh, yeah. at the Boston Garden. You know, what's funny, Trav. I got so many compliments from Celtics fans.
0: I bet you did. There yeah, was so much like I, I respect
1: for Magic.
0: It look I, growing up in L.A. in the eighties. The Showtime Lakers were such a big deal, and I loathed Larry Bird. Hmm. I hated his guts. I wanted something terrible to happen to him and the Celtics every single time I saw him on TV. Just take it and easy, then, man. Just take, and, take and it, and it then easy. And then at over some that. point, you're like, you know what? That dude's pretty damn good. Oh yeah, that 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 dude is. Th- th- he's making this more fun. He th- this is more meaningful. It is more fun. Because you get to beat him. And I'm sure that the, the Celtic fans feel the exact same way about Magic Johnson. I think
1: there's also something about, um, you know, at that time. So that game that I was specifically at, it went into overtime. Kobe hit a shot with I don't know how many seconds left. Lakers ended up winning the game in OT. And I think there's something about when you're not facing that player anymore. So if I'm at Staples Center and I see a Larry Bird jersey, right, or I mm-hmm. see a Michael Jordan jersey, it doesn't bother me as much as if I saw a KG jersey at that time, or if I saw Paul Pierce. Or Paul Pierce will still bother me, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's there's something about their careers are over. You're, you're not playing against that specific person. I think that's where a lot of that respect was coming from.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So I, you like the golden, the one that you just talked about that you had on. That purple one is my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. The one that won uh, my poll. The one that was the most popular one that I put up were the the black ones, the Mamba ones get it. that they wore last year. Yeah, I
1: get it. Those are very sentimental, you know.
0: Yeah, but the Lakers don't. They're not a the the, the Laker team colors are not black. They're they're purple and gold. But that's what
1: I'm saying. They're sentimental. I it, it the meaning of it is is why that would be Laker fans' favorite jersey. I, I don't I don't question that at all. By the way, you kind of kind of look at some of the best uniforms of all time, best jerseys, best unis, right, of all easy. time. Yeah, it's easy. What's it, yours?
0: And I'm, I'm going to be a, just a terrible homer here, but it's the Dodgers, and there's mm-hmm. there really isn't a close second because you turn on SportsCenter tonight and watch You're,
1: you're saying the classic classics.
0: No, I'm saying it is a classic classic, but mm-hmm. that's not why it's the best. It's the best because it's simple, mm-hmm. it's perfect the the Dodger script is perfect the white on a Dodger uniform is a color of white that I've never seen any other major league baseball team have it is blinding white that Dodger blue on it is perfect and the thing that just sets it off unlike every other uniform in sports is that red number on the chest Hmm. or it's just there's nothing the Dodgers don't have red in their color but they got that little red number right there on the front that just absolutely makes it it's the best jersey not only in major league baseball in all sports.
1: You know, it's funny when growing up in San Diego, there was something, I don't know why it's so, it's so stupid, but it it was the case back then when the Chargers threw on their powder blues. Those are sweet. You would have thought, I mean, you would have thought nothing changed with the game, nothing changed, but they were throwing on their powder blues and it's like the energy was so different at Qualcomm. It's like, oh no, oh no, they're coming with the powder blues. You know what I mean? It just had this, like, it had this, for some reason it had this. Um, and everybody always wondered why that wasn't their just kind of their day to day jerseys or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Now I don't care, but uh, but back <laughs> in the days that was the powder blues. That was that was everything.
0: Yeah, no, those those are pretty sweet. But the football teams they constantly change them and tinker with it, unless you're the Steelers. You know, you've got or the Packers. You've got Cowboys. New yeah. yeah, but even oh, I actually the Cowboys, Cowboys have changed. Of, yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah, they, they change them a little bit. The mm-hmm. helmet stays the same, but they all kind of uh, blend together. I got I got one. that's not ask Slee time, but this is important. You ready? Yeah. Does did Slee have his Irv jersey tucked into his jeans? Hashtag Ask Slee.
1: <laughs> uh, no tuck. But that's a great question. That's a great question. No tuck.
0: Did you have a T-shirt on underneath?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. come on. Okay, we've talked about each other's. Uh, physiques. Uh, I had. I probably had a sweater underneath. <laughs> I had a turtleneck.
0: Well, that's what, you know, you can wear the hoodie and you can kind of sort of get away. I don't know if you want like a sweater. Like I don't know if you're going Mr. Rogers uh, I like, did, cardigan I did a, situation I did a
1: turtleneck one. sweater and a jacket. I threw everything on.
0: <laughs> this is from Dean. It says, even as a 42-year-old, the back of my thighs hurt watching Rick Rich Eisen run the 40 at the combine. You look, there comes a time that running fast is a really bad idea. When was the last time you ran as fast as you could sleep
1: um man I, I can't remember honestly i can't remember I, i've done uh i've done some and this was probably five six years ago i've done half marathons before but mm. you know how slow i would run for a half marathon i mean obviously you're not trying to sprint if i sprinted right now god knows what would happen hamstring de- demolished <laughs>
0: There'd be shrapnel all over the side of the track. (laughs) Absolutely. One more here before we uh, move on. This is from Doc Sergio. I hate the Dodgers, but their uniforms are the best. Mm. Elegant AF. Very well said. They absolutely What is AF?
1: Go ahead. Go ahead say, Trav.
0: Awesomely fantastic. (laughs) How about that? You see how I did that? I'm pretty pleased with myself. Alden Gonzalez is going to join us. You know him from ESPN. He covers Major League Baseball. We'll talk about where the Dodgers are, what they're getting ready to do this season. That's coming up next. Turtleneck under the jersey. Seven ten. ESPN. <laughs> I still get a kick every time I hear Key try to do that, Slee. I'm not going to lie. No, it's, it, hey,
1: as long as he's you know he's trying, he's, he's saying Sleewa. I'm in, Trav. I'm in on that one. <laughs>
0: absolutely all right so as promised right now we're joined by alden gonzalez who covers major league baseball for espn alden thanks for coming on tonight appreciate your time
3: no problem how you guys doing
0: we are fantastic so let's start right here let's start with the dodgers and let's start with the obvious Is, is there a team outside of the san diego padres that can give the dodgers a run in the national league as we sit here heading into the 2021 season
3: yeah i think we saw one last october Uh, with the Braves. Um, I think the Braves are still really good. Um, I don't know if they're as good as the Dodgers. I don't know that any team really is as good as the Dodgers. I sort of, right now, I put the Dodgers on sort of the top tier in the National League, and then right below that, you have the Padres, you have the Braves, you have maybe the Mets. I think they've sort of elevated themselves to that tier, too. Um, So that's really it right there. Um, But look, I mean... Crazy things happen in the playoffs. Um, the Braves are certainly good enough. They should have won the National League Championship Series last year. They were up three-one, and if any little one bounce goes their way, they advance to the World Series. So that's how close it was. Um, so I don't think the Dodgers are invincible. Uh, I think they are as I think they're the best team in baseball. But it's baseball. It just crazy things happen. That's why it's such a great sport.
1: Alden. Um... I want to go back a couple days ago. David Price had those comments about basically saying, hey, however I sacrifice, whatever I need to do for the team, uh, I'm, I'm willing and able to do it. Just get your take on this. How big is that? How, how much does that kind of set the culture? I mean, I thought last season, too, where Mookie Betts started off in spring training, I don't want to say putting his foot down, but pretty much saying, look, uh, the vibe and the culture that they're trying to build with the Dodgers, he's bringing championship pedigree. What, what, what do you take away from David Price being so open to doing anything that the team needs? Somebody that's obviously had a lot of success in his career.
3: So it actually took me back to what Andrew Friedman said um, shortly after, they, after he traded for Mookie Betts and David Price. At that press conference in February of last year, he was talking about David Price. And keep in mind, Andrew Friedman was the head of baseball operations at the Tampa Bay Rays when they made David Price the number one overall pick. He was there when David Price had his best years as a major league pitcher. So he knows David intimately well. And the first thing that he said about David Price was that he's one of the best teammates that he has ever been around. And I know sort of that stuff gets thrown around maybe sometimes a little more often than it should. But for Andrew Friedman to just sort of volunteer that, given all the guys that he's been around to say that about David Price, when David said that a few days ago, it sort of brought me back to that, about just how good of a teammate he is, and that that stuff is really important. Like this is um, this is not only a this is a clubhouse with a lot of ego, with a lot of guys that have a lot of big accomplishments, a lot of guys who are making a lot of money, but it's also a clubhouse with a bunch of young guys that are trying to establish themselves, particularly in the rotation: Julio Rios, Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, and so. When you have a veteran pitcher like that, a guy who's a five-time All-Star, who won a Cy Young Award, who says, "Hey, like." These three guys, Urias, May, and Gonsolin, like they deserve to start. And I don't think that means that David Price is just going to be pitching out of the bullpen in low leverage situations. But when you have a guy who comes out and says something like that, I think it gives confidence to these young guys that they're not sort of stepping on toes when they're trying to establish themselves in the big leagues. And when you have a David Price who is selfless like that. It can't do anything but trickle down to the rest of the clubhouse. And look, it's the same thing that happened with the Mookie Betts thing. I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head with that. Like Mookie Betts came out first day of spring training and he talked about the importance of just maximizing all of the boring, mundane things that you do in spring training and not taking any rep for granted. And this is Mookie Betts. He is one of the top, at least two best players in baseball. And he's going um, full tilt for every single rep that he takes in spring training. When that comes from those dudes, the guys who are making the most money, the guys who are the most established, even in a veteran clubhouse, there's a trickle-down effect to that. And, you know, having conversations with people on the Dodgers about just when they reconvened last year after the sports shut down and they had that summer camp period um, in July, there was sort of like a, there was a hunger about this team that was like almost palpable, like to to a level that maybe they hadn't even experienced before about just wanting to get back together and wanting to maximize the talent on this roster. And look what they did during the season. They won 72% of their games. (laughs) You only do that if you're not sort of taking anything for granted, you know, if you're just, and I know it's a boring cliche, and I get tired of hearing about it, but it's so true with this team. They just tried to win every pitch, right? And that was sort of like a tone that was set by Mookie. And I think just, I I think it's true that David coming out and being selfless about stuff like that, that just contributes to just sort of winning culture. And look, even last year, David Price he opted out of the last year, um, but he kept tabs with these guys. He was on their text message chain. He was trying to encourage them as often as possible. He's a really, he's just a really good teammate. And just those are just. the guys
0: that you want to have in the clubhouse alden gonzalez joining us here on travis Slee. he covers major league baseball for espn and you know kind of sticking with the david price uh, part of this obviously Clayton kershaw trevor power walker bueller are going to be in the rotation is david price guaranteed one of those last two spots and who gets the last one because you've mentioned all the names there's julio urias there's tony gonsolin there's dustin may there's david price there's a whole bunch of guys for just two spots
3: yeah that one's tough it I think, um, to narrow it down, I think Julio Urias gets one of those spots. Um, I think he's earned it. I know he's pitched well out of the bullpen, um, particularly in the playoffs last year, but who he's been and just sort of what he's done over these last few years, he's been on these innings restrictions, and he's done well with every situation presented them, that that's presented itself to him. I think Urias earns one of those spots. So right now you have four. Um, and I think that fifth one, is going to continually fluctuate. And the reason why I say that is because this sport is bracing for the fact that they're going from 60 to 162 games this year. It's been one of the biggest talking points throughout the offseason, throughout spring training, is just the fact that these teams are going to have to account for so many more innings from 2020 to 2021. And this is a sport that's been just hyper-paranoid about pitcher injuries for the last decade and now they're going to be doing something in terms of an innings jump that is unprecedented. And so because of that, you're going to see teams be very cautious about their usage of starters. Some teams are going to have 6 man rotations. Some teams are going to emphasize having guys who throw out of the bullpen who can cover multiple innings. Some guys are going to piggyback starters, which is something that we actually saw the Dodgers do a little bit of the last few years. And Even in the World Series, they that did is, that. Yeah, and of course, they, they use Dustin May in that role a lot during the World Series. And so I think that's just going to fluctuate. I think they're going to get creative with days off. Um, I think you're going to see guys take random trips to the injured list with um, just some nondescript injuries that maybe are not super serious, but they're being extra cautious. And so I think at the end of the day, if they keep David Price and I should preface that because David Price has come up in trade rumors for obvious reasons, because he's a veteran guy. Um, and the Dodgers could sort of do without him right now. I'm not saying that they're going to trade him, but I'm just saying, if they do keep him, I think you're going to see David Price and Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin, maybe to a lesser extent at this point, Tony Gonsolin, they're all going to make starts because they're going to have to get creative with this, especially like when you get into June, July, those middle months, you're going to see them sort of back off with some guys because you're going to want them to be fresh for the stretch run. Guys like Clayton Kershaw, who have a lot of mileage. Um, Somebody like, I don't know if Trevor Bauer is going to be one of those guys, but definitely somebody like David Price, who was limited in 2019 and then didn't pitch at all in 2020. They're going to get creative with it. I really don't think it's going to be a solidified five-man rotation. And I think even if you look at their schedule to begin the season, they have some off days early where they're not even going to need five starters. So, I wouldn't be so focused on that solidified traditional five-man staff because I think it's going to change a lot outside of those locks that you mentioned which would be Kershaw, Bauer, um and um Walker Buehler. But even those guys, they're going to want they're going to want to give them breaks too because I'm telling you, everybody's really worried about what's going to happen here with this huge innings ramp up. Nobody has any answers and they're all just going to have to try to figure it out as they go.
1: Alden Gonzalez covers the uh, Dodgers for ESPN, uh, taking some time to join the Travis and Sleva show. Alden, I'm curious about this. I know it's way too early, but what do you think happens with Kershaw after this season? And if you're just, uh, I guess, Travis and I were doing this last week. We're trying to kind of think of from a value perspective. What what do you think would be a good contract or a right contract with Kershaw and the Dodgers if he is to extend after this season and, and stay with the franchise?
3: I think something very similar to what he signed um, a couple of off ago, which is sort of high average annual value, but just a short-term contract. It's what the Dodgers would want, but frankly, I think it's what Clayton Kershaw would want. I remember something that he said when he signed the extension. I think it was October of 2018. I might have the years off, but I think that's right. Um, He actually actually told me this um, the following season. Um, I asked him about not going into the free agent market and not just sort of using his name to create leverage against the Dodgers. um, Similar to like what Derek Jeter did when he was sort of at the end of his career with the Yankees and he ended up getting a really long-term contract where the Yankees sort of overpaid. Kershaw didn't do that. He just stayed with the Dodgers and figured something out that made sense. And his reasoning for that, what he told me was that he never wanted to sign a contract that he didn't feel like he could live up to. Hmm. Um, And I think he's at this phase in his career where I think that what he's been able to do the last few years has given him some optimism that he could prolong his career even further. But I think he's also, and he touched on this um, during spring training earlier, he's kind of in this year-to-year sort of phase with his life, with his kids getting older, um, with him, especially having already won a World Series, which was literally the only thing left for him to do. Um, him already getting really a little deep into his 30s now, he doesn't strike me as somebody who's just going to hold on for as long as he can. Um, So I think what would make the most sense at the end of this year is a short-term deal, but he's getting paid top of the market because he's still that kind of pitcher. Um, You look at his numbers over the last few years, you could focus on his velocity all you want. The guy gets hitters out plain and simple. So he's still been really good. Having said that though, I think the draw of the Texas Rangers, pitching for the Rangers, pitching for his hometown team, I think that's real. How real that becomes, I don't know. The Rangers are obviously not a very good team right now. Um, but, you know, having spoken to people on the Dodgers, like if Crane Kershaw wants to come back, they're going to try to figure something out because they're not just going to let him walk out the door if he really wants to come back. If he wants to end up pitching for the Rangers, that's a different story. Um, but I think it'll just end up coming down to
0: one of those two teams. Alden Gonzalez joining us. Alden, I got about a minute left here. I know that Dave Roberts is saying he wants Kenley Jansen to be his closer. If in fact that doesn't work out, he's looked pretty good so far in spring training, but we've seen the way that the seasons have unfolded the last couple of years is the backup plan in-house right now, or do they go look somewhere else?
3: If it doesn't work out, they can go look somewhere else and they can get somebody at the trade deadline. And they've shown that they're, they have the willingness and the ability to do that. Um, If it's in-house, that's where it gets a little bit tricky because the Dodgers have bullpen depth, but what they've wanted for that ninth inning is guys who consistently miss bats. But somebody like Bruiser Gratterall, Blake Trinan, good relievers, they don't miss enough bats. Joe Mm -hmm. Kelly does miss bats, very erratic. A wild card that I threw out the other day, somebody like a Corey Knable, if he could Mm -hmm. tap back into what he was two or three years ago. But we'll see. I think right now the reason why they're saying that is because Kelly Jansen is probably their best option because he misses bats, and he's been fine. If not, he hasn't been the dominant 2017 Kelly Jansen. If it doesn't work out, this is the last year of Kelly Jansen's contract. They could go out and access somebody via trade. Those closers, those veteran-established closers, they're always available if you have the prospect capital to give up, and the Dodgers have that.
0: Alden Gonzalez covers Major League Baseball for ESPN. Alden, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks, Thanks so Alden.
1: Great stuff, man. No
0: problem, guys. Take care. Okay, take care. All right, Slee, we're at the end of the line. We got one more to go, which yeah. means it is time for the dump. That's coming up next. Travis and Slee, 7'10, ESPN.
1: Unbelievable setup.
0: That's a media term, Chris. Don't make it something it's not. It's the news dump. It's the things that you didn't get to. It's the things that you throw in at the end because there's just not enough time. I don't know why you guys are trying to turn this in. Now you understand.
1: Now you understand my questioning originally. I'm like, Trav, the dump. (laughs) Yes. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, the dump. And then we'll explain that it's everything that we haven't had yet after the after we talked to Alden. All you said was. The dump. Yes, coming up next.
0: See, I want the people to understand and know the show and understand the the rotation. We're of the twelve year olds. That we're we twelve have. year olds. Just fine. to it's have heads up. I don't. Know. The news dump just doesn't roll off the tongue. I yeah. like this one a lot better. All right, we'll start right here. Um, Pepe Le Pew has been cut from Space Jam because I guess that's what we're just getting rid of everything. And I look, Pepe Le Pew is kind of problematic. I understand that, but I don't know. It just, it just the, the Space Jam plot is confused enough as it is. I don't know if I needed Pepe Le Pew or not. I'm still kind of hung up on algae rhythm uh, sleep. But uh, another another hit for Space Jam.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm uh, just not watching it. Uh, simple as that. I mean, you can't can't lose can't lose the skunk. All right, can't lose. <laughs> so random. By the way, it it really is so random. Space Jam Two is when this summer
0: uh yeah supposed to be Good summer i think it was supposed to be a while ago i just don't think they ever got around to releasing it because everything that happened
1: yeah 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 um by the way just kind of uh just kind of thinking here of what else is uh, have they started uh promoting what else is coming up in the summer
0: as far as movies yeah i haven't yeah, i mean I, c-
1: coming to america you were not a fan of you said well, that you weren't crazy about it i you wasn't said crazy it was about it. The- it
0: it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm, I'm not telling people to stay away at all costs. Well, I'll, just, I'll quote
1: exactly what you said. You said it's the worst movie you've ever seen and you'd be down to fight an MMA fighter in Orange County. You yeah, put both give, of those together. Give him
0: my address. Eddie Murphy's never made me laugh once in my entire life and I like to mess around with the MMA guys. It was fine and, and, and that's probably being a little overly generous. It was, it was okay. There were some very funny scenes, some very funny lines. The movie itself, not so great. Uh, Dana White bet a million dollars on Jake Paul Paul uh, to lose the fight. He's got a uh, Bellator fight coming up, uh, or I should say a UFC fight coming up against mm-hmm. Ben Askren. $1 million, Dana White, on Jake Paul to lose. I wish I had a $1 million to bet on it too because I'd like to see him lose, Slee.
1: Wow. Betting a $1 million dollars on that. By the way, you want to talk about uh, um, what a kind of good strategic move because now all of a sudden we're all talking about this fight. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more people that watch the fight because they're curious – if Dana White's going to lose that million dollars, you know what's going to happen and all that, he'll make a lot more than the the million uh, either way.
0: Yeah, did, did you so the whole Jake Paul thing? Did you think that Nate Robinson was going to get him? Because I did. I, Nate Robinson's a professional athlete who was an NBA player, was a high level college football player at the University of Washington, and is absolutely jacked. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to turn the YouTube guy inside out. And it didn't go that way, it was okay. the exact opposite.
1: So I don't know much about, you know, MMA, boxing, all that stuff. But on Joe Rogan's podcast, he's talked about how um, Jake Paul's. Not a bad fighter. I mean, this guy, it's not like he's just walking in for his first fight. It's not like he's doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, anytime you got somebody that that's what they kind of trained for and that's what they've been doing, I know he's an entertainer more than he is anything else, probably going to win that type of fight. Ben Askren, is that this guy's name, the the guy yes. that he's fighting against? This is an actual MMA fighter. <laughs> so yeah, I think there's a reason why fighter. Dana White is throwing a million dollars towards him.
0: Here's what you know about Dana White. Not a dummy. Oh, you no, know no. he's this this guy...
1: You know, like him or not, right? Right, dude knows what he's doing. He's running an incredibly successful business. Are you an um, MMA guy or no? Are you? Do you watch some of those UFC fights or no? W-
0: once in a while, yes. It's not. It's not at the top of my list of things that I love, and I I, I don't like watching someone take a beating. It's just. It's not. It's just not my deal, and and the UFC can. That you're going to get that at least once on one of those cards and probably a lot more than once. I don't like seeing a guy on his back with his hands at his side getting his face caved in. I just – I don't think so that. So we're
1: both very uneducated about the sport, so I want to put that out there because yep. that's the truth. And I know it's a um, – it's an incredibly – like, you know – look at the terms it's an art right it, it is an art in its, oh, its own way
0: it's highly skilled i'm not taking anything away from. but i'm with guys. you trav
1: yeah. i'm with you i'm not i can't watch like that doesn't do it for me when the dude when they're both standing it's one thing and they're getting shots in whatever the case yeah. is but i'm with you when when the dude gets knocked out it's and they just keeps too. you know gets keeps getting his head pounded and i'm like no i'm good yeah i'm good off of that it's
0: bloody all right so some of the national days <laughs> today is national funeral director and mortician recognition Day. absolutely it's a I mean, big day.
1: I called fourteen of them. Are you supposed to go down to the
0: funeral home and just drop off a basket of cookies? Called like, fourteen
1: of them to thank them for their service.
0: I mean, I understand That's it's so an random. important part of society. Who Somebody's got to lay us to rest for good. But uh, who makes I mean- these? I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, okay, funeral director and mortician—is there a difference? What? Who big does difference. what?
1: Absolutely big. Di- That's actually disrespectful to the industry that you don't know the difference.
0: Educate me. What's the difference?
1: I don't want to do it right now, but <laughs> the show's about to end. I want to just keep things flowing.
0: What's the guy that when you come through the door and he's there in the dark suit and he talks very softly and he wishes you uh, con- con- the condolences and he's got the white shirt and the black tie and. He's got the bags under his eyes. Yeah. says I'm very sorry for your loss. If there's anything we can do to help, is that the mortician or is that the funeral director? Um, or is the mortician the guy that drains the blood? I'm
1: done with that topic. <laughs> I, I got no idea. Well, you- I, I don't know the difference. Uh, I just know that those are very expensive that whole process is very expensive
0: yeah but you can you can just throw me in that uh that thing and uh, put me in the on, the on the shelf and i'm good i don't need the whole, i don't even I don't need a casket i
1: don't even nah. need a casket just nah. dig and, and it like seems
0: like a bit of waste of real estate i'm okay <laughs> just look you, you don't even have to put me in the little coffee can or whatever you can just sprinkle me in the rose bushes out back I'm, just I'm just fine. out of curiosity
1: is there a discount on four feet instead of six feet <laughs> Are you negotiating this? Yes, I'm negotiating.
0: Absolutely. Happy birthday to Anthony Davis today. AD. How about that? Yeah.
1: 28 years old. All right. The man is uh, going to be – how many times do we say this? Isn't your prime supposed to be 28 to 32, something along those yeah, lines? Yeah, that sounds about right. All right. So the dude's going to be walking into his prime with a Los Angeles Lakers, a championship already under his belt, playing with you know, arguably the greatest player to ever play the game in LeBron James. Uh, the brand of the Los Angeles Lakers, pretty damn good. Four or five years coming up for AD, hopefully. hopefully. Well, okay.
0: So two things here. Number mm-hmm. one, I the I think you're right when the you know the uh, historically your prime is somewhere in your late 20s to early 30s, mm-hmm. right?
1: What was but your prime? What was your prime?
0: That's well, absolutely right in the middle of it. You're listening to it right now. I'm bald. I'm overweight. I work in the middle of the night and first thing in the morning.
1: 14 what? was my prime. After what? 14, everything was downhill.
0: <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> I mean that's what you're that's what you're thinking when you're 14 thinking. You know what I want to do? I want to work up super early in the morning, super late at night and be ball. This is that's, my peak. This is my peak. I, that's what I'm looking for. But I don't know if that prime is the way that it is anymore cuz guys just first of all, the players now are just far better than they've ever been mm-hmm. in every sport. I don't even want to have the technology,
1: the, the science, uh, the rehab, the
0: the, 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 all of that, the mm-hmm. nutrition, the training, all of it. The, you, yes, Willie Mays would be a good baseball player right now, but the other guys that were in the league with Millie Mays, the rank and file, they wouldn't sure. come anywhere near it. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Anthony Davis has played more basketball by the time he was 22 than most guys had played by the time they were 27 or 28. So Anthony Davis is prime. I think we're already witnessing it because think about it this way. What's he going to get better at? There, there really isn't anything he's not exceptional at. He's a great shooter. He's a good free-throw shooter. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's got a handle. He can play inside. He can play but outside. But don't you say
1: I'll, – I'll tell you this. Wouldn't you say that LeBron, when he was 28 years old, by the time he was 33, 34, what, what he'll get better on is just his experience, just mm-hmm. being there every single day coming to work. You know what I mean? Like um, using that as what you are today as an NBA player if you're 28 five years from now – you just might be so much smarter of an NBA player because of your experience. That's the only thing that I would say he'll get, he'll improve on as he goes on.
0: Yeah, that's that's the elevator theory, right? The idea of you got two elevators, one starts at the bottom, one starts at the top, and you are and in, mm-hmm. in one your physical ability is at the top floor, right? Your experience level is on the ground floor, and then as the more you start to play, the experience elevator starts to come up, and your physical ability starts to come down, and when they meet. That's when you're at your best. So, yeah, I mean, he'll get more experience. But physically and just skill-wise, I feel like he's pretty maxed out. He, he, there's no weaknesses in AD's game. i got to
1: take a quick curveball. You know, I forgot to mention this earlier in the show. Hit me. Got to be honest, Trav. That was rookie talk last night about the whole taco situation. What do you mean? How did you leave the taco stand? How would you leave the taco guy?
0: I, I don't understand the question. Why did it. you
1: leave the situation and the predicament that you had in front of you where the guy was serving tacos and uh-huh. you just – you know how that stuff works. When they're he out lied. of food – No, when they're out of food, they're gone. All right? They can't just serve to Travis Rogers. Now, if Travis was a veteran <laughs> in the game, as you claimed to be, you'd have grabbed your two tacos, went back in line, ate your tacos when you're in line, and then was ready for two more tacos.
0: See, this is where your, your lack of experience on my taco game is showing dr- <laughs> desperately. You cannot just go – ham right out of the gate you can't just go okay i'll take seven what if the guy's
1: gone in 45 minutes
0: well that's why i asked lee this this was not the first time i've been around he did that on purpose but he did that on purpose what's a, a taco guy are you gonna be here for a while yeah i'm gonna be here all night in no scenario on the face of the earth does all night mean i'm gonna be here for 45 more minutes does it might mean I'm gonna be here three more hours? If I was him,
1: half hour tops. I would have said <laughs> all night. I'm gone in a half hour.
0: Couple of tacos, couple of beers, walk around the neighborhood, do the trick or treating thing with the kids, and then turn around and walk back. Gone, lied to me, still devastated by it.
1: That's good. That's by far one of my favorite stories that will. That you'll ever tell. You'll it's ever absolutely
0: tell. terrible. All right. So this was three in a row for three in us, a row. What do we got next week?
1: What's going on next week? Uh, do we not know yet? Three.
0: <laughs> i know it's not three okay yeah, so we know we, we, we
1: got uh next friday yes next put, friday
0: put, put it to this way as of tomorrow it will only be another week until our next show About a week.
1: week we'll be back, back in a week. But that doesn't mean that we're not around. I mean, you're doing all your morning stuff. I'm doing all my Lakers stuff.
0: Absolutely. And that gives them a full week, Slee, to get a whole nother round of Ask Slee. So make sure you send those. We'll read your tweets tomorrow morning. Slee's got you covered on all things Lakers. Until next Friday. Good stuff, buddy. We will see you then. Fantastic job, Slee. 710 ESPN.